Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze Zack Snyder's Justice League by each individual minute. My name is Mark, and you can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And my name is Nathan. You can find me on all social media at NoClutchNate. And today we're going to be talking about minute number 63 of Zack Snyder's Justice League, which is going to start with Diana continuing to explain what the mother boxes actually are. And then it's going to end with the start of the battle, the actual physical battle between the defenders of Earth and Darkseid's armada. Which is kind of cool. Um, it sounded like you said what the mother box is actually are, not mother blocks. <laughs> what the mother box is. Box. With the game Roblox. Not rope, not plural, though. It sounded like it said mother box space is space what they actually are. Yeah, and all your was, mother that was funny. box is belong to us or something like that. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> that was good. Good callback. Uh, yeah, explaining what the mother boxes are actually. Now, now you got me all confused here. Uh, got them. <laughs> so, yes, what are they actually? Uh, they, you know, the, the one thing that I got out of this that was to me really interesting was they are living machines. She says indestructible living machines, but, uh, living machines is important because, um, we tend to think of these things as like MacGuffins and just be like, oh, they got to get the cubes. You know, like when people try to explain this movie, they're like, oh yeah, I remember, you know, this movie being about like, they got to get those, those boxes, those three cube looking things. Um, yes. For story sake, these are, you know, you got protagonists and antagonists fighting over some sort of object. MacGuffin is usually the term thrown in. Holy grail. Yeah. You know. Swish. Or, or chalice. Keep up, people. Yeah. Yeah. 12 steps it's of storytelling, it's, right? It's a, it's a story. Yeah, yeah. it's storytelling. It's so the they same gotta, thing. That thing exists in storytelling because... Because. Yeah. Because. But with, uh, with you know the the origins that Jack Kirby had created and then ha- how it has evolved throughout DC Comics' history, Mother Boxes have become more of a character than an object. And so now here in 2017, 2021, if you will, um, mm-hmm. now the Mother Boxes are, are actually, you know, the mother part is more personified. Like these are actual characters living machines as is the term that she uses and so it's not to be taken lightly like sure you might just be like sure whatever they're just three objects that they got to get but i thought it was Mm -hmm. interesting you know that she says that they're living machines these are actual uh cosmic living entities uh, yeah and i believe it even later on watching the movie it makes me believe it more oh yeah Um, yeah but the fact that they're you know it fits in pretty perfectly and it's almost too perfect but uh i don't necessarily think it was you know planned to to this to this t but mother boxes in these this trilogy specifically of it being the uh the story of mothers and and whatnot uh, and even in aquaman too it's all of them all of them um it still fits yeah it, it really does um the Paternal figures, uh, paternal, is that the correct word? I think that's father. Yeah. And yeah, you know how patriarchies are. They just, you say paternal for, for both mother and father, right? Oh, but like, oh yeah, I guess I think, well, I was, I always refer to patricide and I thought that was like, uh, just the dad. 
Yeah, but well, anyways, what I'm trying to get at is, is I'm agreeing with you. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> um, well, now I think think I'm wrong in, in the in the use of the word, mm, and now it's got me. No, I think you're fine. Um, I probably am, but anyway, you were just blanketing term both. Yeah. Both we weren't leaving anybody. But like how? Yeah, parents. these movies, how they do that? Like all these, all these DC cinematic movies. At least this core group, where it's Man of Steel, Dawn of Justice, mm-hmm. Wonder Woman, even. And Shazam had a mom bit in it. I think that's a really good mom bit for a movie. I think that was really important. I know a lot of people dogged on that mother, but I thought that was a good mom bit for a movie. Yeah. Put that on a t-shirt. Good mom bit in that movie. Back to the future. Not so much. Um, Ooh, what are you talking about? (laughs) That's the best mom bit you could ask for. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hubba, hubba. Um, but yeah, here, here we got some good mom. That was so quick. How you called that one. That was so funny. That's good. Uh, I thought it was really good. I I really enjoy, um, what they do actually, you know, represent the mother boxes later in this movie. I think it's really cool, um, idea. And I, I'm a huge fan of stories where they, you know, kind of like your alien antagonist force in sci-fi movies, when they have relics like these, the fact that they have a soul within their own um, equipment, if you want to use that term, like um, their own relics have uh, a soul within them. They are alive in their own special way. I like ghosts in the machine, if you will. Yeah, I like things that play around with that idea. I like the fact, and especially with these apocalyptic priests, the way that they begin this ritual here on the battlefield, um, there's something I really always like about kind of wizard magic in, in the sense of, of evil, or at least in, a, in an ominous way. Um, I think it's really cool when you see that kind of stuff in uh, even just magic, uh, fant- high fantasy stuff. Like, And this yeah. is what's so cool is we, we've been talking about this whole battle or history lesson is mm-hmm. this blend between science and, and magic and space magic and all this other cool cosmic stuff. Um, I mean, you see this apocalyptic priest begin this ritual and they're like communing with these mother boxes that are also living beings. And like just that kind of imagery of dark side with his arms up as they begin this ritual on the planet um, to me is always kind of like the cool sci-fi uh, aesthetic that I always like to see, especially um, in my other favorite franchise destiny when you see wizards and hive magic and all the cool stuff that yeah it's like it's i mean it's so easy to make the you know bad guys dark magic it's it's so easy to make dark magic look cool because that's what you want to see in magic in general yeah you know i mean you get we get some some uh what dark magic light magic no that's stupid we get some nice magic in this one as well with the green lantern i was trying to see the contrast of it yeah but uh, but that's that's kind of kind of like right there, and you know what, dude's just shooting a beam. It's kind of boring. Um, but yeah, these uh, these 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 priests, um, calling up these these mother boxes into this uh, this ritual. What they're what they're doing, um, I guess we're led to believe they are calling forth the anti life equation. Yeah, or 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 some some something of the nature, um, which is just wild to me. That's what I'm thinking. I, uh, it's, it's all speculation at this point. And that's the hardest, yeah. that's been the hardest thing. So, like, that's how I feel. Like, my speculation is the same as yours, where it's like these priests, they begin the ritual to transmutate the earth because these are, uh, you know, 
alchemy mother boxes. Like it's all alchemy that's being done on this planet. And they're going to transmutate the earth when they do like the, the unity with the three boxes. And then they're also having to decipher the anti-life equation that he's looking for. So it's almost like our, I have a question. Go for it. And I'm sorry to to interrupt you, but, and I'm, and I'm with you on it. I just want to like clarify, validate my thinking. No. So you, you called it alchemy, like right from the get go, which is, I'm, I agree with you 100%. Yeah. Scholars will probably, you know, they don't allow that kind of stuff, but I think it's cool that it's, it can be called alchemy like so quickly like that because we are given the fact that this is science so far beyond us. It looks like magic. Yes. That's uh, the quote from this. So minute, like, yeah. that's exactly what it is. Like, Oh wait, that's, that's it. So it is alchemy. They are on earth. They're not, you know, I mean, yeah, they're, they're, they're tr- transmuting something. Some of these minerals, like obviously the dirt's changing into whatever. So like it's surpassed chemistry at that point because magic. I'm not sure. Hey, have we had this conversation yet? Or we, ha- we may- see, this is the thing is you and I have seen this movie together the first time and then so many other times after and we've seen the movie so many and times gosh darn it it's gonna be the last time <laughs> if i have any say we've seen the movie so many times without each other as well so sometimes i don't know if we've had this conversation on the podcast or off on yeah. the podcast or off the podcast um and then there's also a big scene involving the justice league together that they will be talking about the same kind of definitions of alchemy. So I don't know if we, and also our history of, of loving alchemy in general, uh, is just like, I don't know if we've had this conversation yet. And if we haven't yet, maybe we just put it on record anyways, because this could be someone's first time hearing this show. Um, but these mother boxes transmutate mm-hmm. things. They change things without rule or principle or, or you know, they can just make it happen. They have that they that power. Yeah. And so they make the rules. Really, we're talking about three philosopher stones working together, which is incredible magic. Um or alchemy, you know, science we can't understand, so we call it magic. Um and that's one of the coolest things about this. It's also one of the coolest things that you have this anti life equation that's marked on the ground here, almost as if it's a giant transmutation circle itself. Um, yes. And they even do that kind of stuff in Justice League Dark, the animated movie, where they, um, whenever you had like John Constantine or Zatanna using their powers, they would always use like transmutation circles uh, to do their, their magic or alchemy, if you will, which is really cool to think about. And so it's, they say they want to reshape the earth into another hellscape of apocalypse but it's not like terraforming was in man of steel that was like real engineered world engine stuff that the kryptonians had made so they were using more um archaic technology but even though it was advanced it was archaic in the mind using gravity yeah they were using the engines that they've made with their technology, which is which is incredible, magnificent work for engineers. But this is science so beyond understanding that we call it magic, which is it is alchemy with the power of almost three philosopher's stones. Um, and that's what's so f- 
you know, mind boggling about it. And uh, so to terraform this earth, they're really just going to do this unity thing. It's going to basically delete the planet and then re you know, recreate it the way that they want it. So it's not terraforming the way that it was shown in the 2017 version. And it's definitely not being done the way that the world engine was doing it during the black zero event. This is different. This is, we're talking about like literally exploding the planet and then reforming it back together the way it wants to be. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's incredible stuff to think about. And I have a question. Yeah, go for Sidebar. It. It's a part of this while we're still in the same area. In 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 the Harry Potter, did they ever use the philosopher's stone, sorcerer's stone, uh, the stone? They ever use it, or was it just like fair warning? This thing's really powerful; it can give you whatever you want. He did use it. Doing what? Uh, I don't remember the book because I read it when I was in like fourth grade. He pretty much turned um, Professor Quirrell into into ash, and that was it. Right, and that was all he did, and then he also like made it disappear so that no one could use it. But yeah, he did get the philosopher's stone. Harry Potter made the philosopher's stone. Does Harry Potter was the deciding factor to say, Nope, this thing's too powerful, can't have it in existence? Yeah, didn't Dumbledore ask Harry Potter's Tom Bombadil? Didn't he ask him? Well, I mean, if he, he had it in his hand, he was like, Didn't he like? give it away into the mirror of Erised, or am I making this up? No, he was holding it in his hand. Ron came out, pants around his ankles, and said, throw it in the fire. Harry turned around and you're said, get, no. You're getting the- and the shot just lingered there for like <laughs> a couple seconds too long. This is, uh, And we're still in the director's cut, so it's even longer. Yeah, this is the director's cut of... Uh, who directed that? Christopher yeah, Jackson Christopher Columbus's uh, Chris Columbus's Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Chris Columbus directed I'm that sorry. movie, right? The Murderer. <laughs> no, <laughs> you're getting me confused now. That the Mass Murderer. <laughs> oh yeah, the guy who. Yeah, that 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 guy. No, I'm pretty sure the guy who directed Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. As I'm Man, typing it in. Cool is director Chris Columbus. Yep, it says right there. I was correct. I still retain that in my brain. So, yeah. Where I'm getting at here, what I've been trying to get at is, one, Mm -hmm. alchemy is cool. Two, this whole thing that these apocalyptic priests are doing is cool. And three, this is all speculation because we have no idea what's going on in this scene other than what Diana is telling us and... Well, I, you know, I've been rewatching these DCEU movies lately um, and been watching a lot of the behind the scenes content and featurettes and stuff like that as well with um, my partner and just kind of rediscovering like what's so cool about these movies and talking about it with her. And now I'm getting to the point where it's like it's, you know, next would be to watch this movie. And now I'm like really passionate to talk about this stuff again. But we're at a very important part of this movie, which is the history lesson. I mean, this is the big dark side battle and all this other lore and history and stuff. And we only really have this actual film to go off of. I've looked for, sure, there's like featurettes of the making of Justice League, the the 2017 version and a blooper reel and all this other 
kind of behind-the-scenes stuff that they've released just to hype the release of the Snyder Cut. But there's no actual behind-the-scenes featurette for um, the, the history lesson itself, who these you know Easter egg characters are, um, the making of of putting Darkseid in here, what he's what he's doing here, how this scene was filmed. Um, Why are the mother boxes three different colors? Well, yeah, exactly. And even the art of book, we've talked about how bad it is. I don't know if they're ever going to make another art of book for Zack Snyder's Justice League, but the art of book is only six pages for the history lesson, and it's all Atlantean concept art, and it only has two quotes just to give exposition of what this scene is, which is a scene to talk about where the mother boxes come, where they came from, and how Steppenwolf lost a battle years ago, not Darkseid. Um, and then that's it. And uh, then it has another quote from Kieran Hines, uh, who plays Steppenwolf, saying uh, that, you know, this just explain where the mox- mother boxes came from, and we don't know what, what's inside them. And it's, nice. that's it. So there's literally no other information for us to go off of uh, as far as behind-the-scenes content. So it's hard for us to talk about such an important scene and, like, get the facts straight and, like, talk about what's going on here. So it's all speculation. Um, But I feel like our speculation is kind of on point. And maybe it's for our passion of alchemy that we can have this kind of conversation and be like, yeah, um, we like talking about it a lot. And... We were infatuated with it in our high school years. And uh, I think my speculation here is is that Darkseid might be thwarting the heroes of Earth to buy the Apocalyptean priests more time to complete their ritual as they form the unity, ter- uh, transmutate the planet, and also decipher the anti-life equation out of it so that he may become... Um, a new god. I think, I think the the last two steps are one and the same. Well, they always had the. Do you think they went from planet well, to planet? No, just because to, they can. I was thinking it would just turn it, it. You know, it turns it into a copy of Apocalypse. Is what I was thinking. And and Apocalypse, there is no, like anti life is present there, but I just don't know if the equation, like just the people, are anti-life <laughs> mm-hmm. the people are for dark side do you know what i mean but i don't know if that's a product of just um i don't know influence or or just a good a good stern talking down to you know put push people down a few pegs just make them anyway it's just capitalism um, yeah but earth anti-life is like it grows here naturally <laughs> is the thing to say because of the entropy and 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 whatnot that humans just experience naturally and just all things on this planet um you know living obviously there's other organic life on other planets but you know who's to say that those planets don't have anti-life on them i don't know there's a hundred thousand planets in in conquest and I have no idea how many they've been trying to get at since. There's got to be a connection. I think the anti-life equation was hidden on this planet. I, I honestly think some person is to blame for putting the anti-life equation on earth. I honestly feel like 
because of like I don't think that my history of like this Krypton Codex thing and Krypton's coming to Earth and also like who was that skull belonging to? Like there's so much like someone embedded the seeds. They planted the seeds like tens of thousands of years prior. And I feel like Earth did not naturally like have the anti-life equation embedded in it. I feel like there's mm. there's older god magic at play here that we're not being explained about. Like we, like you have to think. There's also like then the, Zeus would know what what is happening right now. But you like, also wouldn't Zeus Kronos. be able to be like, "Yo, you can't do this and stop it." And then wouldn't Ares like I don't know try to use that thing that that's coming out of the ground? I don't. You have Kronos and Gaia and Titans before, and there's older gods from New, New Genesis, right? Isn't that the that's where? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's yeah. just like yeah. there's there's something there's something like these. This is a modern day battle for them. There's uh, there's got to be an older history of why this anti life equation is on here. There's got to be uh, an explanation for what the codex is and what those and how that was imbued in, into some living entity's skull. Where are the other body parts? Why did crypt Why did Kryptonians come to Earth in the first place? Like what was what was was that true? Is that is that a true statement? Are you just talking about the scout ship that's crashed? Yeah, the scout ship that crashed. Well, they weren't coming for Earth. It was crashed. It crash landed. They weren't going to Earth. It was, remember, the guy broke out and started doing everything, and like it was like, oh, we got to land. There's mm-hmm. a planet, Earth. I think that's how it went. Yeah, I'm trying to Dev M. Dev M 2. Dev M. Oh, Dev yeah. M the first, and then Dev M. Dev M the first, or. Dev M the second Dev, was. Dev M was, uh, was in the movie. Man of Steel 2, or Man of Steel as well. Um, Man of Steel the movie not the second sequel um, there's so much like <laughs> there's so much that has not been explained yet um, and so I'm just trying to like put the pieces together um, but I feel like I they think I think it's just because it's naturally here as Darkseid goes because us. from planet to planet and he, mm-hmm. he does this conquest thing he, he does transmutate those other planets when he had the mother boxes right because back then it was easy for him. He had the mother boxes come out, just be a strong man, let the priests do their thing, and boom, you got another planet. Or did he just do that the old school way? And he was like, oh, you know, save the mother boxes. Got anti-life here? No? Okay, then we'll just kill him and be done with it. And, and yeah, and take take some back to Apocalypse. I don't think he was... He wasn't performing the unity on every know. planet. I don't know if he was. Yeah, I don't know if he was performing the unity on every planet. We'll have to clearly not because, like, if if Steppenwolf was already banished and he had a conquest of a hundred thousand worlds, he had. A he dude. didn't even have mother boxes. No, he didn't even know about them until it called to him. You know, more recently, but yeah, fifty years ago, if he was putzing around in space other planets he was just going and yeah slashing people with electro axe yeah and that was it and then the only thing and then just i guess turn them into parademons and get in the ship some of you go back home some of you come with me <laughs> that's lunch <laughs> thanks thanks george lucas you explained yeah. it so well 
I honestly yeah. think that's kind of like how it was. He was just like, all right, well, I got no mother boxes. I got no, you know, no nothing. And they're like, all right, take this axe. Good luck. I mean, that was mm-hmm. part of his exile. And um, mm-hmm. so he had to do, you know, 50,000 worlds he had to do with his bare hands, basically. And now he gets a mother box. My question now is, does he, Is was his mission... He hasn't found out about the anti-life equation yet. Steppenwolf has not found out about it yet. Is he still on a mission to perform the unity on this planet, not knowing about the anti-life equation? That's the kicker. Yeah. Then, then that becomes a, those are two separate objectives. Performing the unity to transmute the planet, and then um, or transmutate the planet, and then second being, oh, wait, we found out about the anti-life equation now we need to um, decode and, and obtain it. So that would be either two things or one thing. So I'll have to check as we go down this movie um, if those if that becomes two different two different tasks for him. Um, the The other thing, which is transforming people into servants of Dark Side, um, the Parademons, that can be done regardless. Um, and that's really something that we don't see in this movie. We see it in 2017. And there's just a clip of a guy transforming into a parody. I mean, they don't really explain how or why they transform into one. Um, my guess would be the Apocalyptian priests do it. Or maybe parody into person, like a werewolf type thing. I thought it was like a werewolf type thing. Yeah. It could be. Um, this four-hour movie does not show a single transformation clip of a parademon changing. That's fine. Um, I, From my knowledge, they have to be in like some sort of pod or something yeah. like that, like Goku. They, um, there was concept art for that scene um, in the, the Gotham Harbor, like the, the fight with Steppenwolf the first time. In his thing, did he have parademon pods yeah, set where, up? So he's like, all right, I'll just change some people. Where they have Steppenwolf interrogating all those Star Labs people yeah. in that little um, room, boiler room. That that room was supposed to be filled with cocoons of people who were mm. in the process of turning into uh, parademons, similar to, you know, kind of like The Fly, um, that movie with Jeff Goldblum. And so it was supposed to kind of look like that and, and, and people... Or Cocoon. Cocoon as well. Thank you. That was probably the other movie <laughs> I was thinking of. Um, and uh, th- they said that was too scary, so they took it out. And so my guess is because they couldn't do that, that Zack Snyder was like, okay, well, I couldn't do it. So we're not going to see Parademons transforming. But, you know, use your imagination. Um, so, yeah, that's another thing we have to speculate. Um that's okay. Yeah. You know what? I don't really give a shit. Yeah. The parademons exist. They're here. I, they, whatever. It's fine. They're there. There's, they're just cannon fodder. Yeah. If anything, you know, just, and I guess that was the other thing. Suicide Squad is probably supposed to show us what it's like to turn into. You know, I was thinking about something a couple weeks ago about that and how, what Enchantress was doing and even what we were talking about and what has been confirmed uh, these, you know, past handful of months on, on the internet with, with David Ayer and the Ayer cut, yada, yada. Um, 
uh, I'm trying to, I'll try to gather my thoughts, but it was in, in reference to what Enchantress was doing. And she, it seemed like um, she was using a change, mis- change mm-hmm. machine, but it was all, I think I was thinking the mindset was like, well, maybe she would have seen what a mother box was and then just tried to be like, I got to get that thing. I got to get that. And then made her own version of it. And it's not apocalyptic. It's earth based. Yeah. Old God earth based or, or something. I don't know what, without a doubt, what she was using was a change machine in all definition of the word, much like these mother boxes. Um, Just like on different levels, it was mechanics and, 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 no, I was going to say it was mechanics and bioorganisms. That's the same thing. It's the same thing. It's the same and thing. The, it's a cyborg. The same. He's a cyborg. <laughs> this, Bruce, he's a cyborg. That's a, the the Boston Batman. The sad yeah. the sad reality of it is is that they said no to you know, for for a connected universe, they said no, we can't have the mother boxes in Suicide Squad and no, we can't have parademons in Suicide Squad. So David Ayer had to go like, okay, well, I got to make her do a change machine thing without the mother box. So now she has to do mother box things without the mother box. And these are parademons, but they're not parademons. So they're eyes of the adversary now, which is a generic dumb name. And so that really takes it out because even watching these movies again, um, I watched Man of Steel, Dawn of Justice and Wonder Woman before seeing Zack Snyder's Justice League because mm-hmm. at this point it's almost like a quadri- quadrilogy you have to watch Wonder Woman before you see Zack Snyder's Justice League I don't mm-hmm. I you know I understand it being a trilogy seeing Donald Justice and then the immediate sequel is, is Justice League but you can't skip Wonder Woman if you haven't seen it like you can't go into this movie and see this big Amazon battle with Steppenwolf and go to Themyscira. Queen of Pots is doing all these things. You got Euboa, you've got Vanilia, Philippus. Yeah. Like, you can't, you can't, what are you, how are you supposed to jump into this without? So I've done this. I've done the Man of Steel, Dawn of Justice, um, Wonder Woman, and I didn't, I didn't follow it up with Justice League because it wasn't there yet, but I've done those three. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, when I was watching it, I got the same feeling as what the, uh, whatever the hell Machete Order Star Wars thing is. It's a cool feeling. Give me guff if you want, but you watch those six movies as, you know, New Hope, shoot back to episode one, one, two, three, and then finish it off five and six. That's a very cool storytelling experience. And that's kind of the similar experience that I got from watching Wonder Woman because I went back in time mm-hmm. and it was... It it, it kind of was the formulation of just a metahuman interacting with other humans and it being in wartime and, and just chaos all over the place. It I don't know. It fit. It was really it was really good. Um, so, yeah, I agree with you that n- n- not saying that you have to, but it gives you a much broader scope of, of what is of what this entire story and shared universe is trying to, you know, to tell you. Yeah. I, it's excellent. I think you I would have say. to. I, at this point, I would argue you have to. I know, you know, it's not a movie directed by Zack Snyder, but I mean, his hands are all over that movie. Um, he had parts. Yeah, he had a huge. You know, that whole story was 
um, co-created by him. So I, I definitely think it is kind of a quadrilogy at this point. You have to watch Man of Steel, Dawn of Justice, and Wonder Woman before you watch Justice League. And if you really think about it, you're watching a Superman film, a Batman film, and a Wonder Woman film before you jump into the Justice League film. Like There is a, tri- a Trinity f- trilogy before you watch... Um, you know, the Justice League movie. So it is, in my opinion, it is very important that you watch it first. And I think release order is the way to go on it because, you know, it does continue in that in that way. Uh, Suicide Squad, though, not necessary. And especially not the version that... No, because it just diverts everything else. I mean, like, we get Batman in it, but that's fun. But that's just like, you know... Weekend at Batman's or something like that. It's, Bad it's, reference. I was trying to think of like Batman on a holiday or something like that. Like him just catching criminals. Which kind of just like paints a picture of like, dang, Batman like really is just like giving work to Amanda Waller by just like, here here you go. Here's another one. Here's another one. It's an anthology film, really. It, it really has no So speculation here. Besides. If it did. Go for it. I was it's, it's all speculation. Yeah. If it did have a connection, would the connection have been Enchantress using an actual mother yes. box? And Paradise. Would it have been man's mother box? And so that being the question, would man's mother box not be lost and buried or maybe it was, maybe just like, you know, Cyborg just doesn't find it. That's stupid. Or maybe, I don't know. Oh, that's a good one now. Right? Because this would have been after the death of Superman, so Cyborg would have already been created. So Silas would still have that mother box, so whose mother box do they have? Yeah, that is a good question. She would have had to have had mans unless she was trying to... I mean, in my mind, for working with what I'm given and, and, and wanting to connect it to these movies... Enchantress makes her own type of mother box because she saw the technology and was like, I can do that, but crude. We also don't... <laughs> this is the other thing we talked about when we talked about Suicide Squad. We don't know what the mission was supposed to be before it was uh, uh, go get Enchantress. She got loose. She bolted. Remember? And then they're like, all right, round up the Suicide Squad. We've got to get one of the members we just lost. We don't know what... Right, so what was Rick Flagg's and and June Moon's mission when they were in the subways to begin with? They were... Well, she released Incubus. Yeah. So they were going to blow up Incubus with a bomb underneath him. Yeah. So she created the problem, then became the problem, and then they sent the Suicide Squad after their own problem, and uh, somehow it got approved for a sequel. <laughs> um and a reboot. I think the idea probably would have been send the Suicide Squad to reobtain the mother box that was taken from us and bring it back to Star Labs. And then they would Amanda Waller would have been like, here you go, here's your mother box back. And everyone would have been like, whoa, a mother box. And they would have been like, yeah, stick around for the Justice League movie that's coming out because there's three of them. And there's an alien that wants it back and things like that. And it would have been a lot more connected. Um, the only thing that we have really to go off is that the Suicide Squad fails, so then Bruce Wayne is like, call it off, I'll do it myself with the team that I'm building. And then Amanda Waller's like, don't quit your day job, Batman. 
probably should have said, don't count on it, Batman. That would have been a, a better quote. Yeah. It would have fit in. Yeah. So that's, that's that. So the Suicide Squad connection uh, is almost non-existent. So it's really don't have to count it, but and that's that's what's weird is that a lot. But I do, I want to and I want <laughs> to count it and I want to count it like for David Ayer's sake too. Like I want to know the story that that man was going to tell, really badly. I do. It's just like I wanted I, all these people that get cracks at these superhero movies and just like storytelling and what they're gonna do with it. I'm gonna give it a shot. Am I gonna like it? I don't know. I tried watching Shazam again like a little bit. I think I think I enjoy it i just like don't uh care which is weird because i liked his character in the new 52 when he was coming out i bought the the volume one when it came out it was his own series i was like yeah this is cool i mained him in injustice one yeah great guy i i just didn't i like shazam anyway, a lot i it's fine the, the it's movie fine. and the you know the new 52 comic book run that kind of rebooted his his origin story I like the movie as about as much as I like the comic book, which was reading it going, wow, this is really cool. And then moving on because yeah. Shazam is a cool idea of a kid being able to just become a superhero. It's a really cool concept. Um, and I think it's a good movie and um, I think that's about it. But <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> You're not wrong. He's got great powers. It's, like, it's fun to, to, to explore that side of magic and whatnot that's fun i think it'd be hard to strain myself to be any more excited about it you know like to push myself into into being like yeah this movie's amazing everyone should be you know more excited about it. it's like i don't need to feel the need to push that um not <laughs> as much as you know this this whole core part of the franchise of this cinematic movie universe just because i feel yeah, like there's a lot more invested in here especially with all the characters and how they connect and stuff like that and how they wanted it to connect i think that's more uh engaging to talk about i just feel a little bit more passionate to talk about um what they wanted what they were able to do and what they weren't able to do um and there's still so much that <laughs> I know this is probably a long episode for people, but there's still so much to talk about in this um, this minute that we mm -hmm. that we have here. Um, we'll just have to take like break them up in piece by piece, and next minute we'll have to talk about other more more stuff. Because I mean, there's there's the tribes we don't even get to we haven't really I mean, we've mentioned, but dude, we can't even talk about the different races of man that are in the yeah it's undiscernible. Right? And again, this goes back to the lack of information that's been put out. And I don't know if that was done in a sabotage way, because like, obviously they're trying to cover, you know, cover up like the, the, the shadiness of this, this movie in general, the 2017 version. So they were like, okay, we're not just, we're not going to have any behind the scenes stuff about the history lesson. And then now that this version is out is this bonus content going to come out with the DVD release or are they just going to put Zack Snyder's Justice League on uh, on a Blu-ray disc and be like, all right, here you go. Here's just a movie. There's no bonus featurettes, no behind the scenes content about how they shot scenes like this, what it all means. Like, are they going to come out with another art of book to talk about what these other races of man are? Like, am I just supposed to be like, okay, this is blanket Mongolian tribe and old 
Ethiopian tribes? Like, am I supposed to just be blatantly, ignorantly racist about who these other people are just because of the color of their skin and what they're wearing? Like, I can't just... That's that's something I feel wrong to speculate about, but that's all we can do at this point is speculate who these other people are because obviously this isn't all of uh, Camelot here. This is other different cultures that we have a mix mm-hmm. of, and it's weird to like just assume. Um, you know, I guess you also have maybe... We also don't even know exactly what time period this is in except to go off that King Arthur exists during this time. Um, mm-hmm. are the, are the Persians here? Like, do you, is this, you know, is this, where are the Spartans at? Did they not exist yet? Like, I was going to say, it looked like there was maybe like, maybe even God King Xerxes army or something like that. It should have just had Xerxes in, in, in here. Like just like, it's tall over the back. Yeah. That would have been, <laughs> Hey, maybe someone combed through this. Maybe he's in there and we just don't know it. Maybe they mm. put Xerxes in here. Maybe they put his dad from the sequel in here. Who knows? Um, and then the we talked about it a little bit with the Atlanteans when they come on those boats with King Atlan. Is that are those are Vikings part of their culture yet? Like uh, you know, is 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 North from the are Del- they, like where where are they located? Are they near Sweden? Like what's the yeah. landmass? Do <laughs> is that why Aquaman Norway? was hanging around Iceland for the King's Tide? Like what's going on? Like how's that all connected? Um, so it's just stuff that it's hard for us to, to deep dive into uh, with, with lack of information. Um, I will say, though, I really love... This is one of my favorite shots of this movie, and it's Queen Hippolyta uh, riding into battle. It's, you know, the way she says Amazons, her charging in, like this really kind of long take of her charging into battle, riding in that horse. It's all really well done. And then it's followed up with King Atlan and King Arthur. So you have that their own kind of trinity of of man which is really cool i really do enjoy that um and then my other note for these gods here you see the three gods the the trinity of gods as well a lot of threes going on in this movie um and one thing that i thought was really cool is if you look at artemis and zeus as she knocks another arrow into her bow and then as you see zeus running I don't know how they did this. I don't know if it's just special effects or if the actors actually had LED lights on them, but the lighting um, follows through yeah. with their body. As they're running, you can see her reaching for another arrow and it's lighting up her body, and then you can see Zeus's body being illuminated by his arms as he swings them you know, side to side. So it's a really cool effect. Um, really gets some good-looking shots of Ares's charge up is so cool this man is like speed running he charges up yeah like a cartoon and just goes in hands glowing and everything that man is on a mission to kill everything in front of him yeah god of war in his element that's that's something right there I really like the way David Thewlis (laughs) yeah Let's hang. Let's hang out, man. Um, oh, that's a that's another cool thing about. I was rewatching Wonder Woman um, with my partner, and uh, she did not see the Ares bit coming at all. I think she expected the movie to just end with it, like, "Oh yeah, Ares didn't exist." <laughs> like that was just, and she she called that part. She was like, "Oh yeah, this is not gonna happen." 
you know, she's going to... Oh, in Wonder Woman. Yeah, okay, in okay, Wonder okay, Woman, okay, she was sorry. like, oh, yeah, you know, they're just going to kill Ari, or, you know, she's going to feel like... It's just going to be the, the, the lie. Yeah, just yeah. the lie. The beautiful lie. The beautiful lie. Uh, and then that was it. And then when Ari shows up in that cabin, she's just kind of like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> and then uh, Lupin, of all people, being Ares, is just like, hmm, interesting. Um, but yeah, it's uh, now I, we'd have to, I'd have to go. I don't know if I, did we touch on this? What was it? His name is Sir. Sir Patrick Morgan. What did you just, oh, you called him. Lupin. You called him his Harry Potter His Harry Potter name. That is correct. And that made me think of Lupin the third and how much of a master of disguise he is. And, and Ares doing the whole shape shifting and. You got me on that yeah. one, Mike. You got me. I thought there was a thread, but I'm just crazy. Well, was he a master disguise in Prisoner of Azkaban? Posing as the DA teacher. When really he was the werewolf they were looking for. Um, Why were they looking for him? Just because he was, like, he was a werewolf. dogs around the school. Come on. And he killed someone, no didn't dogs. he? Listen. Werewolves, you know, you accidentally get a midnight snack out of someone. Did he kill someone? Didn't he kill someone? The Dementors were looking and for so him. And so what? They like he was just like, all right, like I'm just not going. Oh back wait, to no, Azkaban, he is. Even he though is, I should be in prison. Azkaban. That's what happens. You escape prison, you're you're a bad person. Yeah. Okay. I mean, like I don't do the like, Harry did he Potter. Kill anybody? Okay. I don't know. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> you're barking up the wrong tree. Um, Alfonso Curon. You're barking up the wrong Whomping Willow. Okay. Oh yeah. So, all right, last note before we wrap up today, because uh, we got to talk about this one. It's a big one, so sorry if you're, it's a long episode for you guys. Um, but we had to talk about Yalin Gurr here, the Green Lantern that shows up here in this minute. Uh, here he is in all his glory. Uh, green glory. Green glory. And first things first, I just want to mention, I am a huge fan of Green Lanterns with this projected green lantern symbol that's the norm now and i and shit if it's a jeff johns thing then so be it but whatever but that's just like the norm to 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 show the green lantern is a green lantern that's just so awesome and i'm so glad it caught on the new mcfarland dc figures that they have now they have a john stewart action figure it's pretty damn cool he's got a mini gun as a construct it's dope but his chest comes off with like a green, like separate plastic piece, and it's, it it comes off like the that's yeah, like awesome. that like a shining light. It's like translucent, or whatever. It's it makes it look like that because it's based off of one of the drawings of him. It would show, there's a little card that gives you know in the in the box, and it's like this is from this. It's you know cover art of an issue. I think that's one of the coolest green lantern designs um probably like a which is which is having that like construct always there on their chest um which is you know that's uh, that's probably the only good thing i could say about maybe this green lantern because um i like his armor i think it's really cool that he's not in like a skin tight suit so maybe that says something to the 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 time period of what's happening um and or maybe what's going on on oa you know Mm -hmm. like or or maybe there's maybe they don't even have skin tight suits maybe that's just not a thing in this in this universe or whatever also they're in a war it's probably cool armor i wonder if like the tribes of man like were like yo we're gonna make this alien some 
cool ass armor and he's like thank you so much this is a great gift i'm gonna put this shit on right now and infuse it with my ring to make it look even more badass yeah you could be right i mean it is i think what it is is like um it's before they were like you have to wear a uniform type of thing um obviously it's it's a it's a reference to the way he looked in the comic books which um he looks really goofy in that one um and just to give people context oh, yeah, of is who yalanger is because i know a lot of people are going to say this uh if you don't know already this is like a huge deep cut character this character existed for like only one issue and maybe like a handful of panels um and really it was just this is alan scott's um predecessor or this man was preceded by Alan Scott, who eventually became like the first human uh, Green Lantern before getting this ring. And this was in uh, Green Lantern in the 1990s series. So this is when people were starting to get the, the modern... We, we just entered the modern age of comics in 1991. And so now people are starting to get the the modern era of Green Lantern. This is before Jeff Johns took over in 2005. Um, so this was the 1990 to 2004, so almost a 14-year run of modernizing Green Lanterns. But this issue came out in 1991, so this would have been the 50th anniversary of just Green Lantern in general. So for the 50th anniversary... They did this issue of Green Lantern, uh, this was issue 19 of that run, where they kind of explained to the Green Lantern Corps um, Hal Jordan and Guy Gardner about Alan Scott. So they bring back Alan Scott, the original Green Lantern, into this comic book issue. And they kind of go down memory lane and explain how he got his ring, and he got it from the Green Lantern before him, Yalan Gurr, who the um uh what are they called what are the oa people called uh, the, guardians. the guardians right and um um it was the the truth was is that the guardians were putting they were tainting all the green lantern rings with yellow energy they were making them imperfect um so that they could kind of control the Green Lanterns. Mm-hmm. Keep them in check. Yeah, keep them in yeah. check, basically. Instill fear in them. And so they were like, what if Instill we... Instill the fear of God and gods. They took out the yellowness from Yalangur's ring to be like, oh, well, let's see if he'll just be a good person without it. Uh, turns out he didn't want to be a good person. He wanted to keep Earth in chaos so that he could keep them organized his own way. Um. I don't know. He had some Icarus type moment and burned in the atmosphere. And so then his Green Lantern ring basically fossilized and remained on Earth for, you know, years until Alan Scott discovered it. So he was not a great lantern, came and went. Um, and so this is, this is how we have him, um, which is pretty neat. So I guess maybe they were like, oh, okay, well, who was the first Green Lantern before humans? And they're probably like, oh, well, I guess technically Yalan Gur, and they're like, all right, great, put him in here. Um, so he's about as interesting as he is here, and that's about it. 
which here they make them look cool. What do you what do you think about the um like the 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 green dust coming off him as he's going through the air? That's um I mean that's obviously showing flight, right? Is is that what we are supposed to if that's how we are supposed to depict Green Lanterns flying in this universe? That's pretty freaking cool. That would, I mean, they instead of just like glowing and just being a bright freaking, you know, light in the sky or something like that. I mean, obviously we know, I mean, from things that Green Lanterns stick out because they are always glowing, you know. And there's even things in anime series where it's like, dude, turn yourself down. He tones it down a little bit. (laughs) Turns the glow down. Yeah. Um. So like it's it's no surprise to me that their flight would be as obnoxious as we're led to believe in the comics. And it's always weird because like, is this how Zach wants all his Green Lanterns to look and fly and all this thing, or is he just saying that Yalangur is just personalized in this kind of ancient way of flying? Because yeah. then the thing that always baffles me is. Um, uh, it was either a Flash annual comic book or was a Green Lantern one, but they're working together, right? And how Jordan says, my ring, my rules. And that always stuck with me because it's like, sure, we may come up with a definition for how Green Lanterns behave with their rings. That was in Blackest Nights. That's when he gave the ring to Flash. Dude, crackoon. <laughs> that dude went off. But he was like, that that thing always bothers me or not bothers me but it always like stops me from saying like oh yeah this is how this is for them because at any point through sheer force of will green lanterns could be like nah it's no it's, this is how it happens this is how it looks this is what the uniform looks like this is how this construct is going to work this is how i'm going to fly like maybe you know this is just how yell and Gurry, like wants his ring to be used and maybe yeah could be you know he just wants a smoke trail yeah he just wants it to have like this he choose he chose his own um uh his, you know flight smoke <laughs> uh smoke trail i don't know what to call it but yeah and then like you'll see how jordan or kyle rayner and maybe they'll have a different kind of um you know effect on them Cause they can, they could do whatever they want. They got the ring. They got, they got it. They earned it, I guess. Um, so yeah, really cool guy. I wonder if he's going to stick around for a bit. Um, we'll see. Um, but that's all I have for this episode, Nate. I don't know if you have anything else, but there's so much more. So that much could. more. <laughs> and I was saying like, as I was taking my notes, I was like, wow, Thursday's episode is going to be really good. And Friday's episode is going to be really good. And I was like, you know, Wednesday, not really going, not not much going on here. And here we are. There's a whole hell of a lot going almost on. Almost an hour in. So uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap up today. If you guys enjoyed everything you heard, you can find us on all social media at DCEU Minutes and the Facebook group DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society. You can join us to talk about today's minute or any minutes you guys are catching up on. And we'll catch you guys tomorrow for minute number 64 of Zack Snyder's Justice League.